This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, hello, hello. It's me, Coffee Fitness Unicorn, your pocket DJ, and you're listening to Coffee Chats Podcast, a show where storytelling and coffee hang out. This week's special guest is Elizabeth Moore Krause. In this episode, we talk about Irish crack music, the charm of storytelling as a shared human experience, and above all else, how laughter is key. Thank you for listening and hanging out in my virtual coffee spot. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and family. Go forth and be magical. Today's special guest is our first memoirist, Elizabeth Moore Krause. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so why don't you tell us how this book came about? Uh, COVID and retirement. As discussed in the book, uh, my third career was being uh, a professor of English at a local community college. And I retired in 2019, and I'm the middle of three sisters, and the baby sister has traveled extensively, and she's always said, let's take a trip together, let's take a sister trip. So I had just retired, our older sister was on a work break, so off we went, and I always keep travel journals, and then I just stick them in my bookcase, they're just placeholders. But then along came COVID, and I tried jigsaw puzzles, and number five, I just I'm done. Don't like them. Both my sisters like them. And we tried to do some um, on FaceTime and I said no. So I pulled out my journal. thought, well, I'll just type it up so my family can someday read it. And two years later, here it is. And to, you know, more than that now, we went in 2019. My sisters and I are even closer. Aww. So, yeah, it's worked out very well. So when people hear the book, they see the book or hear about it, you know, three sisters, three weeks, three countries, I can just see them kind of, uh-huh, uh-huh. But then when I say still talking, that elicits a laugh. A lot of people react to that. That's the punchline. I loved your book so much. I loved how you wrote it. I love how you had the flashbacks in there with the stories. And so you answered the question that I was going to ask if you ever had intended, if you were ever going to mm -hmm. write a book. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not a memoirist. I'm not a memoir fan. I got to tell you. Yeah. I, not really. Um, because I have, it's not the genre I typically go to, mm -hmm. uh, because they seem to follow the same pattern, you know, life, life has been really hard and I'm not taking away from the other memoirs, not at all. So mm -hmm. I want to clarify that. Yes. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Gemini and I'm fast. And I want things going. And I was able to just capture this 
arc of time, these three weeks. I didn't go back into, you know, when we were little, you know, uh, digging up skeletons. Well, we dig yeah. up a bone or two, but that's their fault, not mine, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like I like memoirs that capture a moment in time. But most memoirs follow this timeline of life, and a lot of readers are turned off. So when I say it's a memoir, they're turned off by it because they think it follows the same pattern. So I've tried to disrupt that with my book, and a reader can decide if I have or not. But I really like just the three-week uh, period, yet go back just enough when things come up for us to talk about, well, this is why we're experiencing this. I love that you had those scary, oh crap moments, because that, that's part of travel, right? The, what I would really like to ask you about all things Irish, because I've been to Ireland. I went to England when I was 18. So it's been quite some time since I've been to England and I have yet to go to Scotland. Uh, so uh, I wanted to, uh, I, uh, so that we're, I would really like to nerd out if you're okay with that about Ireland in particular. Mm-hmm. Because I have that connection with you. And I and as you were describing these things and these places, I remember standing there smelling, hearing, seeing what you were describing as well. Great. Great. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you got. Well, so did you get a chance to go to the Cliffs of Moore by chance? No. And we were making that an effort because our last name is Moore, but it's spelled differently. Yes. Um, we, to explain to the audience, Um, we decided that the three of us were going to be gone for three weeks to these three countries. And we were talking over each other. Let's do this. Let's do that. I finally said, how about each of us take one country, do the planning. And if it's your country, you get to pick the room that you want. And we get to pick two places we go. And we're sticking together because our older sister is not travel savvy at all. And so that worked out well. So I picked Ireland. And we were so close to the uh, Cliffs of Moor. And we did not make it. But I feel like we made that up by going to Belfast. Very cool. And that's actually a place that I have not been. Oh, oh uh, goodness. And Ireland had been a place that I had been wanting to go since I was 14. And so it was like a trip of a lifetime for me. You described the green in a way that it, it truly is undescribable green. It, it's a jealousy. It is, oh. you know, when you hear green is, you know, green is the envy. And when I remember riding on the bus back in Galway in a rain shower, and then we have this double rainbow. And I was thinking, there is a way to describe that. And the only way I could think of is that even green would be envious of this Irish green, this, these pastures and polka dotted with all these sheep. And it was just, yes. I, I didn't know how else to describe it for people to understand. It's a green I have never seen. Oh, 100%. It is a green like I've never seen and like you said uh, so it'll be a downpour like a deluge of rain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then when the sun comes out and that green just pops yes oh my raindrops on it I mean it's just no wonder they call it the emerald isle because it looks like green emeralds everywhere it it is it is so Mm -hmm. the color of the the place itself is magical let alone the places mm-hmm. and the people and the things that you see and experience. Um, and so, so my trip was a little bit different. I spent two weeks in, in just Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we did is uh, Dublin to Galway from Galway to Doolin and then to the Aran islands for a couple of days. Uh, uh, 
jealous. <laughs> oh, I, it, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. I, no, I, I didn't want to leave. It was the most amazing place experience too. And so we rented a car. Oh my um, gosh, you drove on the I'm telling I, you that we were on the bus ride. <laughs> I swear it was a one-way road. And you've got the oh. hedges on both sides. And we are zipping along like we're out on the 405 freeway out here in Los Angeles. It's going along and here are cars coming the other way. And it's like, oh no. Oh, right. Like you're constantly like covering your eyes. Like, oh my yeah. God, we're going to crash. We're going to crash. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Then I finally got confidence to drive and go, well, he goes first. He's in front of me. So, you know, he'll block me. Yeah. But, uh, it was just amazing. We didn't have places to stay. We actually were picking the bed and breakfast when we were coming back. So we had, I think, like three days. Ask for help right. from people, you know, and they're so kind. They love our accent. Uh, right? Uh, yeah, they do. And when we left, uh, we left. Um, in 2019 and the three of us agreed if asked we're going to say we're from California instead of the United States uh, because we've read we did research and everything Mm -hmm. and Europeans get tired of hearing uh, the loud American the bragging American and we did not want to do that we didn't want to take anything political with us we didn't want to do any of that we just wanted to go enjoy our trip and we decided California because that's far west as you can get from, from Ireland and we just kept hearing, oh, I love your accent. Where are you from? Like, California? But we don't have an accent. But it's just, and in Scotland, they absolutely loved our accent. In fact, we were on a bus going into town, and one woman, she says, you know, I, I hate to butt in, but I have a dear friend who lives in a, a town in Orange County, south of us. And she goes, I love her California accent, and you're from there, right? I said, yes. And she's like, I have another friend. And come to find out this woman, her girlfriend, woman from Scotland, her girlfriend here, lives about three off-ramps away from me. Holy cow. Yeah. They, they've been friends for years. And I mean, this but, is what traveling does, though. Yeah. You, you meet the world right at your feet. You meet it's, your neighbors. Yeah. It's so cool. I, I love that. I love that so much. And way the heck out in the middle of nowhere, so to speak. Yes. And somehow there is this connection. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. I mean, it's just bizarre. And what was lovely is we could actually understand her. The Scottish accent by far was the most difficult to understand. And as you know, in the story, the three of us are exhausted. This man, he's moving his lips. He's talking. But what he is saying, (laughs) we had no idea. And we were so exhausted. We just, you know, fell down and laughed. But, um, Nice, nice people. Nice people all the way around. I'm very comfortable approaching people. Uh, in fact, um, probably a few months ago, things were still just starting to open up with COVID. And my husband and our puppy Sully and I were out for lunch and uh, sitting outside. And there was a couple, a table over. And I knew they had, I could hear their accent. So uh, they were still waiting for their food. So I popped over and said, hey, you know, uh, hear your accent and sure where you're from but you know we're from here if you need anything well they were on their honeymoon two Aww. years late from England and then they gave us some tips because we want to travel to Portugal next year they said oh travel this way that way and gave them my bookmark you know my business card yeah yeah and uh it was wonderful so I'm I'm a little bit but I'm like you we wouldn't turn somebody down if they asked for help 
absolutely no. not um so all getting back to all things irish the food in ireland did you uh what, what do you remember was there anything in particular that you ate that, like did you guys ever try a full irish breakfast okay so i listened to your other podcast and um we were raised vegetarian okay i didn't have any i think the first time i tasted steak i was 18 and it took me a few days for that to digest oh wow yeah our so we were raised with no meat and especially no pork cloven hoofs a religious Yes. Reason. Now, our younger sister will eat cloven hoofs. You know, she'll eat anything. But Les, our older sister, is not an experimenter with food at all. She doesn't like anything new. And I'm kind of, you know, in the middle, although I still haven't eaten pork and I have no desire. But we, in Ireland, we had our own kitchen. Right. So we went grocery shopping and then fixed foods that were familiar to us. It was just easier. So we did not go out to breakfast. Uh, we packed some food with us to snack on for lunch, but um, we tried a few things. I've never been one fond of lamb, uh, but uh, we had some, of course, because lamb for every meal. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, the food just was kind of a secondary uh, part to our trip. of just unimportant to us, and we just found ways to... Uh, we found a great place in England that, uh, no, in fact, it was Ireland. Then we found it in England. It was kind of a walk-in, um, best way to describe it, walk-in little cafe, and you could order. They had pre-made food. They had food that was delicious, and they baked cookies 24-7, so you walk in and smell chocolate chip cookies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Sweet my gosh. Jesus, that was... <laughs> <laughs> So food was not uh, part of the trip, although I decided that with three was going to be adventuresome, then I would start, and I talk about keeping track of everything's a contest for me. Everything's a contest if I can eat something more adventuresome than her. So uh, as long as she didn't eat pork, I might win. So I'm not going to tell how that came out. For sure. For sure. Um, and uh, the the reason I ask about full Irish breakfast is there's a, when we stayed at the bed and breakfast, breakfast was included. Mm -hmm. um and we uh again being very broke very poor uh we had to go to the uh stores as well and we would buy bread and peanut butter oh yes that was our lunch and that Mm -hmm. was our snack and everywhere so we would get free full irish breakfast Mm -hmm. now i wasn't really a fan so i actually do have on here um blood sausage so i did try i did try it because again (laughs) I hate chicken. I love salmon and things like that, but not blood sausage. Thanks. Have you noticed how Coffee Fueled Stories doesn't have any ads? That's because I work tirelessly to keep this show alive. After three years on my own, I've decided I need to ask for your help. I've never asked anyone to subscribe. I've never asked anyone to leave a review. I've never asked anyone to rate the show, and I've never asked anyone to pay to listen. There are a few ways you can help support the show. I've created a Patreon page, Coffee Fueled Stories, and a subscription section on my podcast website. It's simple to support and help me keep my dream alive. Just click the link in the show notes to set up your paid subscription option. It's that easy. Thank you for your support. 
Yeah, it, it was uh, when when it was served on the plate. I I kind of I looked at it and I looked at I looked at Pushing the host. Pushing it around, putting a napkin on. You it. know, and I, and I didn't want to be rude because she she cooked it. You know, and yeah, so yeah. Uh, so we had white. So there was um, black black pudding and white uh-huh. pudding, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I was like, that is not. Uh, oh, I was like, oh, it's blood sausage. <laughs> so you know, again, it kind of took me that that time to figure out what she was talking about. And so there were a couple times that I actually ate it, and it was it was palatable, and it was when they fried it. Uh-huh. Um, but when it wasn't fried, uh, it, it it did have a pudding mushy taste. So anyway, uh, you didn't try it, so need, bleh. um, but I tried. I I didn't want to be disrespectful to my host. Um, so yeah, we didn't have a host, so we got to pick and choose, but I, w- I would have yeah. done the same thing. I've been served lamb at a dinner and do I like it? No, but do I like the mint jelly just covering it? I can eat lamb with that. <laughs> right. Right. There's, just, you know, there's just, there's certain... to be polite. Yeah. You have to be polite. You have to be polite. Yeah. And, and so, um, dinners, it was kind of, um, hit and miss. So, uh, getting back to, um, what you were talking about, like in the, in the end, at the end of the evening, I too would journal and I still have my journal from, uh, you know, the adventures and, but the one thing, because we did drive and, and I would white knuckle the whole day. Oh and gosh. so my neck and my, like, I just was driving. And so I was tense. So every night I actually did look forward to um, Irish water as our, our bartender called it, which was Irish whiskey. Yeah. Uh, so I would have just a little bit of that to just kind of take that, that take that edge off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not only driving, you're driving on the other side of the road on a very narrow road. And then yes. you get those, those turnabouts and it's like, okay, I've got to remember to stay on. We've driven on, I think, St. John, and uh, we were with another couple. I was in the back seat, and I looked down, and then I popped back up, and I said, you're on the wrong side of the road. And it's like, no, I'm not. And I go, oh, my gosh. So I yeah. I decided not to. I'm a very fast driver, and I'm just thinking I would be the one chosen. So, no, we, we saved our lives that way. We just walked in buses and cabs. Yeah. So uh, we, we named the car Patty. For you know, short for Patrick, um, yeah. Padraig. Hey, wait, you name your cars? We name. Oh yeah, I name all my cars. Yes, you have to name your cars. I have a Toyota Highlander named Jamie. Have you ever seen Outlander? I have not, but I'm familiar oh. with it. Yes, the main character is Jamie. Yes, and then I have a BMW named uh, Benny. You have to name your cars. They just respond to you. They do. So I've had <laughs> Volts. I've had like five Volkswagens. So they all have German names. So I've had Klaus, Gunter, and so and his nickname was Gunny. So his name was Gunter, and it was Gunny. And I would be like, "All right, Gunny, come on, let's go, let's get yeah. it," and shift it into sport gear. And yeah, I yeah. had Vinny Volvo. I had a couple of Vinny Volvos. Vinny the first and Vinny the second. Yeah, I love it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I can't even think about. Uh, so Auto, I had a Golf Golf, a Volkswagen Golf, and so his name was Auto. Uh, and, uh, now I have a Volkswagen, uh, Tiguan and uh, he's, he's white. And so his name is Edelweiss, of Eddie, Eddie for Eddie. short. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, okay. We've just solved the world's problems. You must name your car. You must name your car. You absolutely must name your car. I wanted to ask you about the Irish music, which they call crack, <laughs> the Irish crack. You know, it really is amazing 
But what's so sad is that it took us a while to find live Irish music. Really? You know, you see the movies and everything. You think, oh, you're just walking in any bar and this is what it's going to be like. But it took a long time to find it because a lot of the live bands are doing cover songs, popular music. And so on our private tour, uh, talked to our guide and when we were exiting the tour and I said, can you recommend? And he did. And the place is mentioned in the book and it blew, it blew me away. Because as I talk in the book, music is kind of like my sec- my mother tongue. But let me tell you, they're sitting down in this circle, and one person would get up, another would join, and it was just ah, oh, leave me here. But I saw it was the end of a long day. Les was tired, but Ree was behind me, and I was enjoying my Jamesons. But they both knew this was on my list. I wanted to enjoy some Irish music and I recorded it and I still listen to it from time to time. It is, it is amazing. Just amazing. It's so funny that you say that because I did the exact same thing. So at the time I had, um, point and shoot it was just a point and shoot and, um, so it does have the capacity, the ability to have the video mm-hmm. mode on there. And obviously I didn't want to use a lot of it because it would take up my little memory card. Oh, yes, 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 yes. But I was like, if I'm going to waste my memory card, Mm -hmm. I'm going to waste it on good Irish music. And I was doing the exact same thing. I was having my, uh, again, something to take the edge off. And it was always in the evening and listening to the Irish crack. And mm. and we just we just thought it was hilarious, just like shouting through the streets, Irish crack, we're going <laughs> to the crack. You know, no, because I can't obviously- imagine you doing that. No. <laughs> Can I get some crack? You know, and it was but because obviously it was the Irish music and, and it was really funny. Mm. The first time the, the gentleman had told us about Irish crack was out on Aaron. And uh, we were on a, a horse carriage because they don't have they don't allow cars on the island, mm-hmm. and so we're on a horse carriage cart thing, being carted to our With hotel. The hay. The yes, hay the <laughs> yeah, I've got a picture of it. It's just it's it, I'll send you pictures. I'll send you a bunch of DMs. Um, but uh, he asked if we were going to go and enjoy some crack later that night, and we were like, <laughs> you know, That's the crack legal here, huh? The crack, and we're like. It's the music like you like what don't you know what that is yes sir absolutely now we know yeah. it's the music yeah but yeah. yeah so the irish crack like there's just something and i literally wrote irish crack all in your book like it felt good to write and tab your book because i felt like i was back in grad school because that's what i did i always wrote in the margins oh yes oh yes, um, yes, yes. so i'll i'll go to the very first section here words in here is petrichor yes petrichor petrichor sorry um so i literally have a post-it note tabbed on that page do you have some favorite words oh oh i do i i love words ubiquitous i love ubiquitous it's a great word yeah i remember when i was teaching high school for a while i'm trying to always teach my students new words you know you need to expand your vocabulary and i said write down this word and I want you to go to the principal during break or lunchtime and ask him, do you know what ubiquitous means? And so he was inundated, but I love zeitgeist. Zeitgeist mm-hmm. is a wonderful word. It's a great but one. you know, I remember as a little girl sitting out on our front porch and just touching and going porch, porch. I, I want to know where words come from. I want to know why they come about. So yes, I love words, but more so 
when I finally had a word to define that smell of that first rain on the on a dry surface, because it reminds me of the scent when my son was born. Aww. That was that was the scent. Yeah. So, but that's this, yeah. That's lovely, and I don't know. I wonder if it's maybe just an English, the English major in us. But I am the same way. For me, I, oh, yeah. Etymology is very important to me. Me too. And so that's why I love reading books and talking with authors because you guys have the capacity and the ability to build worlds and to tell stories. Because I feel like I, I am not necessarily a storyteller. I can just share experiences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I respect authors at like the highest level. Wow. You know, I'm kind of working on a second book. I don't know. I feel like this book, I just, you know, my book right now is just lightning in a bottle. And um, I told my husband, I said, I, I don't have anything. I just don't. And he goes, you know what? You're a storyteller. Yes, you are. You've got lots of stories. So I'm looking at a book of essays, a collection of essays in the human life, and then how my life intersects with these observations. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on. Instead of, I, I like I say at the beginning, I tried fiction, can't do it. It's just, yeah. So this feels better. And I have a title for my new book too, whenever that comes out. Very cool. Is that a peacock or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> awesome. I look forward to seeing that on your Instagram. <laughs> I can't wait for the cover reveal for that. It's going to be yeah. awesome. It's yeah. going to be so awesome. So let's, let's get back into uh, the book. <laughs> uh, book of Kells, speaking of, of mm. literature and uh, things that are amazing and words. The Book mm. of Kells at Trinity College, the illuminated manuscripts. Sacred, sacred. I mean, and you know what? I've got goosebumps just right now, just talking about it. And a lot of people think, well, okay, we're just going to go in there and look at that. And you see people change. And of course, there are guards around and everything. And there is this hushed holiness, for lack of a better. It's a secular church to be in front of these incredible pieces of work and art and I, I don't know how else to describe it I mean the pigment is just so bright and I talk about you know the inks that they use and everything but the dedication oh my word they're just right yeah just amazing and then you have the long library on top of that the you long know, room yeah it's like what is this died and went to heaven uh, Died and went to heaven. And the and books the, all the way to the ceiling. The smell in the long uh, room is yeah. unlike anything ever it I've is. ever smelled. Yeah. Oh, see, now I have. Yeah. Well, this is just a librarian, and she was just, oh, my word. I mean, we all love books, but less especially. I said, you want to be a librarian here? She was like, I could not imagine. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. No, that's like, that's, uh, I, I got goosebumps original. again. You're talking original yes. copies. Yes. Uh, over 200,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, getting back to authors. So authors, like I said, have a super high respect uh, in, in my opinion. But also scribe to me, if someone was to say mm -hmm. scribe, the word scribe, it is like the ultimate title that you could give someone. The priests <clears throat> created those manuscripts. Right. You know who else is? in the European uh, world were the balladeers. 
Yes. The balladeers were oral scribes. Yes. They would go because so many people could not read. Yes. So only people who were in the court, a few people in there could read, uh, were yeah. taught to read and to write. Women yeah. were not. So the balladeer was entrusted to go from neighborhood from neighborhood mm-hmm. to sing the news because people could repeat those songs. Yes. So the balladeer would sing the song in the news, telling what's going on, and the family would go home and sing that song. So the balladeers were right up there with the scribes. Yep, absolutely. And this is why storytelling yeah. is so prolific. And that's, I, I literally, and I didn't realize it until grad school, mm-hmm. that that is why I love literature so much like I've been in love with literature since I was nine ten I was a kid like fell in love with the phantom toll booth like that was the book that that turned me on to words but you know fast forward I got my degree at 40 I graduated with my master's at 40 you know all my classmates were like 25 like they were kids (laughs) right yeah yeah yeah. I get it yeah and but then when I thought about it I was like wait a minute the reason that we get along and the reason that we get along is because we love stories mm-hmm. and that's what this is. Yeah. And you know, that's what I'm hoping people will get from my book. It's a, it's a story. My son even read it and he, he listens to podcasts. He's, he's a businessman. So he reads blurbs and all on LinkedIn and such. And he, he read my book for me. It does have pictures. So that helps. But he would say at one point, he goes, Ma, you tell some personal stories there. I'm unsure about that. I said, well, first of all, both of your aunties approved of everything. Nothing was put in there without their approval. In fact, I asked if there's anything you want out, I will take out because I was not going to destroy our relationship. And each of them asked for something to take out. Fine. Delete it. No problem. But I also told my son, Brent, I said, listen, if I didn't add a little bit of that personal touch, we would be one dimensional characters. You could mm-hmm. insert any name, they mm-hmm. could travel anywhere, but I had to make this our story. Yep. So I had to tell just enough to explain things, but without going off on the tangent and distracting the reader. So that was my goal. And that's what I hope I accomplished just enough to let the reader understand, Oh, this is why they're acting this way. And then back to our, you know, to the travel. Yes. Back to the regularly scheduled story. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I was going to ask you, um, you know, did your sisters give you input and feedback? And, you know, did they say like, yes, this is I 100% agree with this or absolutely not. Please take that out. That's too personal. Yes. And they both did. And then when we get to Scotland, which was Ree's country, the baby of the three, uh, she said she was reading the manuscript. She goes, but my nickname is Diz. She goes, Diz, it didn't happen in that order. I said, Ree? You're a painter. So when you have a blank canvas, it ends up exactly the way you want it, right? No. I said, I had to compress some things. I had to make the story palpable without going into long detail. So I had to condense some things. She goes, oh, okay, I get it. But yes, they both both love it. They're both very supportive. And interestingly enough, you know, we take this, this trip together. And I had a very well-known author who's been on the New York Times list helping me because she was really intrigued by my titles because I think we've got something here. But she kept asking me, 
well, why are you going? Why are you going? I said, because we want to. She goes, but no, your, your readers need something more. I said, more of what? She goes, a little bit more, you know, tension. And they need, you know, to have that there's a background of, you know, some angst and such. I said, it's not us. We, you know, we're just going. She goes, no, I don't think your readers will like that. They need something more. You need to dig up something. And I finally, in my last phone call with her, I said, you know, why not? Why not go? That, that's who we are. So I said, thanks for your help. But then that was, that became the center of my book. Why not go? And it was that. And and then writing the book made us even closer. I mean, we are much closer. We were closer on the trip, but the book even made us closer. And they're very proud of me. And that means a lot. That's so cool. That's so, I'm, I'm so happy that, that, you know, they were supportive of this venture and they weren't like, can't tell that story don't say those things like no don't you know a lot of people don't want so to speak laundry out there and right. I'm not calling and it I dirty didn't want, yeah I didn't want that yeah. out there so there are some right. a couple pieces in there and I had to make sure but you know what I did not write a journal thinking I was going to write a book right it just writing a journal like I always do yeah so it wasn't preconceived oh, okay I need to write this down because this is going to look good in the book so it's a very free-flowing story that comes from the experience because it's from my journal and there's no preconceived um, intent there. And that's the beauty of the naturalness. It, it is it is pure. It's It just happened. It just worked out that way. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it, I, I think that's the charm in it as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, like it, it just, you know, um, you can, so I'm looking on page 75 and, and you talk about various ways that you, you know, overcome, um, pain, suffering, sadness. So you, you do give us a piece of yourself. You do share, you know, mm-hmm. something deep, personal and painful and private. And, and, and you can feel that it, it, sh- it, it shares yourself with us, the reader, um, without trying, you're not, you're not putting drama in there just to put drama in there. You are just Good. literally sharing Good. yourself and, you know, who you are and, and you just kind of go, Oh, wow. And, and it helps us get closer to you. I guess it's, that that's how I felt about it. That's, that's exactly what I want. And I don't throw anybody under the bus. I just want to explain because I'm grateful. That's, that's the bottom line. Yes. And and you even say that. I love that you guys did do another uh, trip. You've got your mammoth picture in here. So it wasn't just just this book, like you kind of share, there's more to the story, more pun intended. Yeah. Um, right. And, and yeah. I'm really crappy with puns. I suck at puns. I love oh, I puns. Love puns. I, I love, love puns. them, <laughs> but I suck at them. I cannot create a pun to save my life. So oh, please boy, pun away. That was our family. Boy, let me tell you, Pun-O-Rama. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, yeah. Mad mad respect for you punsters. <laughs> the Dublin Writers Museum. I don't know if you, I, I, I didn't see it in there. And I don't know no. if you ever plan on going back, but I highly oh, yeah. recommend it. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Uh, one of the things I learned when I was there was Ireland, they never experienced illiteracy at the level of the rest of Europe. And it's because... They spoke 
Irish. So they call it Irish as opposed to the Gaelic, but it's Gaelic for, for this conversation. Right, right, right. They spoke Irish and whatever the secular language of the time was, depending on who had invaded them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were never illiterate is because they never lost the Irish. And so they were still writing in the Irish, which just blew my literature loving mind. Yeah. They're back to it again. They said it kind of lulled for a little while. And now all kids are learning Gaelic from kindergarten up. They kind of stepped away from it for a while. So all the road signs, of course, have the Gaelic and everything. Yes. But Gaelic is now being required in school, which I was thrilled, thrilled to hear. Yeah. On Aran Islands, like almost everything is in um, Gaelic Irish. Isn't it and beautiful? Yeah. And so we kind of had to like learn how to read a few things to figure out <laughs> we're like, is that, is that a place to eat or is that a place to sleep? Yeah. It was in Iceland. They put every vowel and consonant in one word and it's like, okay. What is not that? A yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. And my understanding is Welsh is the same way. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. love to go. Uh, I've heard in Wales, they have the largest number of bookstores in the world. Well, I'm going to be there next year. Oh, my, my gosh. My husband and I are celebrating 40 years. So we're going to Wales, Scotland, because I'm good friends with the woman in Scotland now because of my book, Nick Winter. And then we're going to go to Portugal. So, Very cool. Yeah. So on Saturday, we had this event at Barnes & Noble, and they pre-ordered 30 of my books for me. And they usually do 15, but they felt that I had a little bit more of an outgoing personality. Well, we think we can do 30. My granddaughter was there. She sold 11 books in two hours. I had my husband and three other friends, and they were in the front when people came in handing out bookmarks and telling them about my book. I was in the background because I didn't want it to be about me. It's exactly what you said, to be, to be effective with people right? Yes. Efficient. My mentor, and I'm going to play this episode for him. uh, My mentor said, be efficient with things and effective with people. It's true. And how could, if I were front and center walking in the door, I would have been efficient, not effective. Absolutely. I would have made my product first, people second. So it it takes a village and it uh, it really does. And I would really like you to be a part of my village. I truly would. I think we can help each other. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And especially because there, there, as, and as we were messaging before we even had a chance to talk, I was realizing we had so many similarities and I even wrote it in your book. Um, You know, you went back to school at a a later age. I went to school at a later age. We both started at the very beginning associates Mm -hmm. to bachelors to masters. Like we had so much and, and, you know, you had experienced, you had gone through your part of your life where you had a lot of things going on, a lot of experiences. Same with me. I had, you know, my share, my different experiences, but what made them shared experiences is they were very similar and we had a lot of commonalities. And I was like, this is so cool because sometimes I feel like there aren't other people that have my same experience that Mm -hmm. are older, that start at the bottom and work their way all the way up. And so as I'm reading, so again, as I'm reading your book, it's just, it, it gave me such validation sometimes. 
Um, uh, I laughed out loud. There were a couple of times where I, I would laugh out loud and I marked in the margins. So like I said, it felt like I was back in grad school, marking in the margins, tabbing the pages, putting little post-its in there. Yeah. Um, I hope it was relatable. This is what yes. I want, that there, there are human experiences that anybody can relate to. You don't yes. have to be a sister. You can be an only child. Yep. It, it's the human experiences yes. that I'm hoping people can relate to. And that is a hundred percent. That's exactly what I was going with. I was like, even though our lives are so different, our upbringings are so different. That is exactly what I got from your book. The human experience, the storytelling oh, really? experience. So yay. Hey, I'm, I'm thrilled with that. I'm absolutely thrilled with that. And that's, that's what matters to me. And I hope they enjoy the more sisters. Uh, you know, eat, pray, love. Yes, I've read that or, a couple times. Yeah, or eat, laugh, lost. That, yeah. That's how we are. <laughs> yes, I I love that. That's so cool. And 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 again, that's another reason why I I wanted you to ha- to have you on the show because you know, again, that shared experience, um, and and that human connection, storytelling, being mm-hmm. that link. I, you know what? I hope it encourages people to not turn away from the book because it's a memoir that they understand it is this arc of time, but with a little bit of backstory. And it's not your typical uh, timeline of life. Uh, there's no airing dirty laundry. Well, a shirt here or there, but it's, that's not what it is. It's this fun jaunt where we go with, why not? Let's just do it. And I hope people will get to my memoir and go, why not? I'll read it. I love it. I, and I 100% agree with all of that. And and thank you so much for, for sharing your book, sharing your stories, and, and talking about uh, this book and, and share this ride with you. Yes. And I'm open to book clubs. I'll Zoom book clubs. I'll hop on a plane, I guess. <laughs> but uh, people who gather, I don't care. I'd, I'd really love to meet with. Thank Very- you for having me. I'm honored. I'm honored. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you for sharing your story. And and, and thank you. Uh, and w- again, we could probably have a four hour podcast on our favorite words. So yeah. uh, how about um, let's give us one more favorite word. And then uh, why don't you send us off on uh, the tagline uh, of go forth and be magical. But what is your last favorite word right now? You know, it's still zeitgeist uh, because it, it, it literally means the spirit of the age. That's the translation. And that's what I hope my book is. It's mm-hmm. always the spirit of the age because it's always current because we're always experiencing human experiences, sharing things. There are things in here that are relatable and it's zeitgeist. I love it. Zeitgeist. I love it. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for your time Liz would you please do me the honor of sending us off with uh, the the tagline for the show please hey everyone go forth be magical and stick with this wonderful podcast 